So at this point, it has been a couple hours, per se. And at this point, it is early evening. Uh, I'll say like around 5, 5.30-ish. So the camera kind of sees a Mrs. Yu closing up her shop a little bit early. And then she begins to put the final touches on the lock with her keys. And she throws them in her pocket. And she begins to walk to the side of her shop where there is a little fenced in a kind of traditional like brown fenced in area where she opens it up and inside is Mrs. Yu's backyard, which is completely decorated. Everyone in the neighborhood knows that Mrs. And her flower and her garden game is like on strong. So as she walks through the yard, she is putting the finishing touches on. She has a bunch of traditional picnic tables all lined up into one connected together with the tablecloths and napkins and plates and all that good stuff set around each table. And she puts the finishing touches. She has this. A couple of dishes already prepared, but she's also waiting for the guests to bring more. And as she just sits there a little bit, she takes a brief moment to just take it all in. And you actually, so the audience, like a TV show, sees this. She just sits there for a brief moment and she says, doesn't matter, the older I get, It never ceases to amaze me that this is the one thing that people look forward to this time of year. And I didn't quite understand it myself when I was all those years ago. But now I understand exactly my role in all of this. And she just closes her eyes a little bit as the warmth of the summer breeze kind of cascades through the backyard and it connects just lightly blowing through but not enough to knock everything over and the audience begins to see her appearance begin to change from an elderly kind of woman you the as the wind connects with mrs Yu, her appearance slightly changes as her gray hair begins to turn a shade of a light pink and her clothes begin to change into this very regal, traditional Hindu garment adorned with all types of orange and yellow patterns with gold flowers embroidered into it. And from behind her, you just see the spring of four arms begin to just effortlessly like elegantly like a dancer begin to appear from behind her and go into the traditional stance of like when bollywood dancers connect their index finger and their thumb like traditional bollywood style dancing and in front of her a large spear kind of materializes as she touches it as she's sitting down and she says No matter how many eons pass, I will make it my mission to protect those who 
wish to see the good in this city. And she just closes her eyes and said, and talks to the sphere a little bit and says, it is my job after all, especially since I have been given the blessing of Parvati. And with that, she just, within an instant, she taps the spear onto the ground and everything disappears, going back to the traditional older Mrs. Yu. So for my players and for the audience listening, Mrs. Yu is the, is the rift of the Hindu goddess Parvati, who is the goddess of innocence, youth, and basically the mother, she is considered the mother figure in Hindu mythology, making sure she watches over all her quote unquote children. As she, Mrs. Yu is continuing to put the finishing touches on all of the things. The dice have decided that the first to arrive is actually going to be Petrick. You, Dawes, Quinn, and the chief all arrive as Mrs. Yu kind of hears the gate open a little bit. She turns and she says, "My, uh, if it isn't my offices, it's nice to see you make it. And I'm surprised. Usually you're the last ones to Hello, Mrs. Yu. It's always a pleasure to see you. As for being the first to arrive, I immediately just like comically, my head just snaps over to looking at Das. And I'm just staring at her. <laughs> and I just go, she was driving this time. You just hear Mrs. Yu give a soft little chuckle. I see. And she and Officer and Quinn, I, Officer Quinn, I hope that you being safe as she kind of walks over to the chief. And so here's the situation. So Mrs. Yu is considered the grandma figure, the motherly figure for this block of pain town that you all currently live nearby or mostly know and respect her. And so for you, Friedrich, she walks over to the chief as she's talking to Quinn about driving safely, and she just takes her hand and grabs the chief's cheeks and pinches them a little bit and says, I hope you were driving safe, especially keeping my big boy here safe. As she pinches his cheeks, it's nice to see you again, chief. I hope you're doing well. And you can, for the first time, pretty much in your entire career, Friedrich, you just see the chief blush and just say, it's, it's, a, it's, it's nice to see you again, <laughs> Mrs. Yu, as he's kind of like blushes out of embarrassment. I'm doing well. Oh, honey, I'm so happy to see that you're doing okay. Come, have a seat. You guys can drop off your food at the table and just, yeah, drop your food off, have a seat. And once everyone else get, once the rest of the neighborhood gets here, we'll get started shortly. And she just walks somewhat slowly to the food table to get everything ready. <laughs> the chief kind of just looks at the, all three of you and just says, Not nobody at the precinct needs to know that I got embarrassed, that I blush with Mrs. Yu. Not a word. Otherwise, you'll find yourself doing desk duty for two weeks. I, I just, quite literally, I just shrug it off because I'm not afraid of doing desk duty, even though I'd rather be out on the field, out, out right. in the field. But I need to know, is there a spot to where 
cold food stuffs can be placed. Yeah, this one of the platters you... I got is a. Go ahead. I was just gonna say because one of the platters that I'm bringing needs to be cold because it's a frozen dessert. So Mrs. U has so Mrs. U has a little ice chest with some ice in it, where if you need to refrigerate or keep something cold before it needs to be served, she has one of those. And so she walks on over. She says, I'll put it in the ice chest, hun. You go ahead and have a seat. And I will, I'll join you shortly. As she takes your dish and kind of shuffles her way over to the ice chest. Ruby, and she's putting away I- two other platters that I'm setting down on the table. Okay. And at this point, Ramirez is like falling behind. He was like the one who needed, who came separately in a car because y'all didn't fit because the chief takes up three seats. <laughs> oh, you brought the drinks, Ramirez. Come here. It's been a while. As she walks over to Ramirez and pinches his gets pinches both his cheeks. Ow. And like she begins talking to Ramirez as Friedrich, you, Quinn, Doss, and the chief find seats. The chief sits is like within your vicinity, but he's like about a seat and a half, two seats away from you all, because he takes up like three seats. Just because he's a mountain of a man. <laughs> and it is at this point that from the uh, coming from the front, we see Mac and Jean walk in as you can hear them, like not super loudly, but you're outside where you can just hear Jean says, Remember, P's and Q's. Mac, please, thank you. Be nice to Mrs. Yu. She is like my grandmother, so be nice. I'm always nice to Mrs. Yu. And P's, and P's and Q's, I still don't understand that phrase. As long as my life shall live, I don't know. I'll be polite <laughs> to almost everybody in here. And Jean just, just gives you a love tap on the shoulder. Just And <laughs> as you walk in, Mrs. Yu excitedly shuffles her way over to you. Oh, Mac. Oh, honey, come here. And she just, okay, Mrs. Yu is very, like, Pacific- Islander, Asian, like Asian auntie, Asian grandma. She like she comes up and she just gives you like a big old wet kiss on the cheek with like her really red lipstick that kind of just leaves a little lip mark on your cheek, Mac. This is again one of those I like have to bend in half for that thing because I am also a mountain of a man. Yes. <laughs> and she's like really p- t- tiny petite, standing at like a good 5'1". Okay, I can actually visualize that. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Hi, Mrs. Yu. I remembered with help to... I'm oh, sorry. <clears throat> Forgot the accent. Completely there for a second. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing good, honey. How are you doing? As she just takes... She takes your hands, rests them in hers, and you can feel, like, the grandma, like, shaky hands a little bit as she's holding on to your hands. It's, it's pretty early, and I think the turnout's been all right. It's who, so far. Who we got here so far? One of them got to be polite, too. It's you and Jean. Ramirez has just dropped off the sodas and he's here as well as the rest of the men and women in blue from the Sticks Street Precinct. As you look over and you see the chief, Daz, Quinn, and Friedrich all just give you a subtle wave from the table. All right. I can be polite to almost every single one of them. We'll just go plop on over next to uh, Friedrich and if anyone's sitting there, I'll politely move them. Jean just grabs your arm and says, Oh, so these are the friends you were talking about. You got to introduce me. I can handle that. I'm sure I can. <laughs> so as Jean, like, subtly, forcefully walks you over to have you introduce 
your friends to her. We cut back to the front gate where incoming next is going to be Corey, who is be accompanied by his two daughters, <laughs> Eowyn and Winnie. Oh, I forgot to ask Mac. Mac, what did you bring to the potluck? Oh, no, straight desperation. Originally, his, his plan was he was going to bring a family tradition, a delicacy that I've been making here for quite a while until I met Jean, but it's an old staple called Poto Ramen. <laughs> but after meeting Jean and being informed that that was food made for a bachelor, and I am not one anymore, um, I decided to make bangers and mash. It's a, a traditional, not quite traditional, but an Irish little something that uh, it'll, I don't know if it's so much air quote put hair on your chest, but you feel your arteries clogging every single bite. So let's see if I can take some of these fuckers with me. So with that being said, so back to Corey. So Corey, you are walking into the front gate with Winnie and Eowyn. What did you bring to the potluck? I brought honey glazed carrots and parsnips with a shepherd's pie. And for the dessert, he brought handcrafted chocolate whoopie pies. Nice. Mr. Overachiever over here. Just Mr. Overachiever buying every goddamn thing. Appetizer. Main course and dessert. Fuck off. What? I was the one who invited you people. So I have to drink the good majority of the food. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Ooh. I'll come back to you real quick, Corey. I forgot. Friedrich, what did you bring? I forgot to ask you that too. <laughs> uh, three different things. Uh, one thing is that I brought was German potato salad. I also brought something called Bratkartoffeln, which is quite literally translates to fried potatoes. They're basically like Germany's version of fries. And for dessert, I brought something called Spaghetti Ices. It's vanilla ice cream that's been put through a strainer so it comes out looking like a bunch of noodles. And... It, over top of it is poured with like a, a strawberry sauce. So it looks quite literally like spaghetti, but it's ice cream. All right. So back to Corey real quick. Corey, Mrs. Yu walks over to you. And both of you have been around the block long enough. Like she knows your past her for a very long time. But the one thing that you understand, Corey, is that while she doesn't, while she never necessarily approved of what you did in the past, she always still treated you with love and kindness and respect that you deserved. And she just walks up to you, even though you're older than most of everyone else. She shuffles on her way over and says, it's good to see you, Corey. I wasn't sure if you were going to make it. And she just gives you like the grandmotherly hug. And gives you the hug and then goes back to holding your hands a little bit. How are you these days? As she just smiles at you. I'm doing well. I still must thank you for taking me in the, on one of those days when I need I'm still... And she just... At this point, the girls have walked over. Friedrich, I think they probably asked if they could play with Cerberus a little bit. Oh yeah, if they want to play with Cerberus... That's fine. He may be a police canine, but when it comes to kids, he's just a big puppy. Okay. So with that, like, 
the girls are playing with their and Mrs. Yu looks at you, Corey, and she's like, my, it seems that they get bigger and bigger every year. And still holding your hands, she says, listen, I know things have been rough the last couple of years, but darling, let me tell you, if nobody has said it to you recently, you're doing a really good job with the girls. They're very kind. They're very sweet. And they're very loving individuals, and you are doing a magnificent job with them. As she grabs your hands and clutches them a little tighter to give you that nonverbal communication of being there for them, and that you're doing a good, you're doing the best that you can, and that she sees it and that she appreciates it. You just that verbally nods. And so she, as is tradition, she just stands next to your side and she just holds up her arm as like a sign to do what you normally can. Then my little young one, as she kind of chuckles, care to lead this old granny to the table so we can sit. And so you link arms with Mrs. Yu and slowly but surely. You make your way over to the table where you help Mrs. Yu sit. And a few more minutes, ten minutes pass by. A couple more visuals come into the potluck. So Officer Parker, the officer that Corey was running away from after he hit the giant billboard pillar, is like, why are you running? I don't know. So Officer Parker is there with his younger brother who goes over to Winnie and Eowyn and begins to play with them and Cerberus. So the three kids are doing their thing. Uh, You see a couple more people come in, some local residents. Mac, you would recognize them as some of the other tenants in your building. And slowly but surely, over the next hour or two, over the next couple hours... The potluck begins to be in full swing. You guys are having some meaningful conversations underneath the, at this point, a very kind of amethyst-colored sunset as the sun begins to dip behind the horizon line. And Mrs. Yu turns on, like, the hanging lights that are in her backyard. And she just looks at the scene in front of her. And she witnesses all of you just enjoying the meal together, having conversations, making fun of each other from here and there. But deep down, Mrs. Yu just feels an overwhelming warmth to kind of see that no matter how much things change, more of it does stay the same. And for all of you, In this brief moment, whatever hardships that you may have been dealing with earlier in the day or over the last couple of days, no matter how many times that you think that Pain Town is nothing more than a land in or a city, I should say, where dreams go to die and only those who embrace the rough and toughness of the city can survive in this small little pocket 
is a perfect example of what community and commodity and for ball and better tense of purposes, as weird as it is to say, a collective family as you guys enjoy each other's company and as you all begin the as the party begins to near its end, Mrs. Yu is sitting at the table as everyone's just hanging out, either playing some bean bags or playing with Cerberus. The kids are still playing, but you could tell that they're starting to get a little sleepy, so they find their way and they start all three of the kids and Cerberus find a little corner in the backyard. And they begin to fall asleep. The kids fall asleep on Cerberus a little bit. Cerberus is falling asleep as well. And while everyone's just winding down for the evening, Mrs. Yu calls all three of you, Corey, Mac, and and she asks all three of you to just join her at the table. So It'd be rude not to. Do you know how much this... See, if you're too... Do get mad. Do you know how much it's going to cost? Yeah, I go. I did the math. It's a, a marriage license, and I think it's forty-five dollars to go to the magistrate. We'll do something else further down the road. If, if you if you ever need the cash for that for the thing down the road, just ask. I love you. I do. Don't take this the wrong way. But to hear someone from the Irish mob say, "While we're at it." If you need money, don't mind bother bothering to borrow me. No song from me. Kinda I love I, you, but I, I hear right for kneecaps. I'm retired. Why would I do that? Point taken. I would if I need you, I'll be taking you up on that. I sorry I spoke out of turn. I had to play oh. I had Ramirez just constantly in my fucking ear the entire god damn. Yeah. yeah, it's weird how he's just You see him in one place. Then he's another. And it's always in full uniform. I don't understand it. Always in full fucking uniform. All the time. I don't understand it. I don't understand it either. So, while you're having this conversation, Mrs. Yu looks at all three of you and just smiles and says, Boys, it warms my heart to see that you made it. And she looks around. But... As she looks around, while she is smiling, you all three notice that there's a sense of a quiet sadness behind her eyes as she begins to speak. Sometimes I wonder if it's something that I should continue with. It gets smaller every year after year, as more people either find something else to do or just move out of the city completely. And so, it warms my heart to see that there are still a few of you, especially on this block, that find enjoyment in doing all this. So, thank you, boys. You make this old woman's heart fill with joy as she just smiles at the three of you. Mark and a nod from Mac. Silence from Pete from uh, Friedrich. Friedrich, something bad. Friedrich's quiet. Friedrich is quiet for a reason. So, sorry. She looks at all three of you, and she says, "I know 
what the city could do to people. I've been here long enough to see how those with good intentions and hopes and dreams, how sometimes the city just chews them up and spits them out. But you boys, I know you all have gone through a lot in the last couple of years. And she kind of looks at each of you. Oh, you, Mac. I know it's been tough with you and your sister. And I know. I can only imagine what it's like. So I know you've been going through. But it seems that even in that darkness, you found a light. As she misses you, looks over to Jean, who's talking it up with Officer Dawes and Quinn and just having a good old time. And then she just looks back at you. Even in all that darkness, it seems that you found light. Don't let her go, Mac. I can see that she brings you so much joy and so much happiness. And I've known you for a very long time. And I can start to see a change within you that she brings out. So never let go of her. And make sure you treat her right. Otherwise, I'll have to give you a good talking to. As she kind of chuckles. Message received. Point taken. Not planning to let her go anywhere. Fingers crossed I don't fuck anything up. To be 100% honest with you. Fingers crossed. And then she turns her attention over to Corey. And you. I've known you for a very young time. For a very long time. Ever since you were a teenager. And while I may not agree with your choice of a career, I meant every word I said, Corey, that I know it's been tough ever since your wife passed away. And you're doing your best to raise those two girls, especially in this city. And the fact that they have yet to lose their innocence and their wonder of the world can only be attributed to you making sure that you keep them as children for as long as you can. But I will tell you this. Make sure that you also take care of yourself, Corey. So when those girls are grown and then they go out and live their own lives, I just hope that you find peace and that you find the quiet that you are looking for and that you don't forget to live for you as well. She holds your hand a little bit. That's all any of us could ever do in this life. But I know you can do it. And it seems that you have people, as crazy as it sounds, I think they will be your strength. As she kind of looks at the other two and at everyone else around. I still have to help bring the city back from what I've caught. Just Colt gives you a quiet nod, and then she turns to Friedrich. And you, my young one, as she just looks into your eyes, I know how hard it could be to lose your parents, especially at such a young age, and then for you to have to grow up on your own especially in a country that you barely know anything about. And I know 
how hard it's been for you and Justine. And I know the loneliness that comes with all of it. But ever since I met you, it seems that you, as much as it is that you're trying to struggle against that loneliness, it seems that you have found a good set of friends to kind of keep you through. As Mrs. Yu looks over to Daz and Quinn, and she says, I know they're not your siblings, but you three have been together since you guys went to the academy and have been inseparable ever since. And she looks at you. That pain of losing your folks is not going to be easily going away anytime soon. But I want you to remember this, Friedrich. When you feel that you are at your absolute lowest and that you are feel like you're at the bottom drowning. Remember, you have two amazing people who are willing to dive deep to pull you back up to the surface and to guide you through the storms of your life. And she holds your hand a little bit and says, always treasure them. And in return, those two will always have your back. As she tightens her grip on your hand, to pass on that grandmotherly warmth to you to let you know that it's going to be okay. I promise, and Mrs. Yus, I will keep fighting. And it's one reason why I do the works that I do. is because there's some people out there that don't have anybody. And if anyone can do anything good for them, I want to be that one person. And at this point... Mrs. Yu grabs all three of your hands and she collectively brings them together. And looking at all three of you, here's the thing. So since all three of you can see into the mist, you, what looks to be Mrs. Yu's two hands, bringing all three of your sets of hands together, the three of you notice that each of your hands are connected with hers. But you notice that where was two hands is now six. And as the three of you look back at Mrs. Yu, you see her in her true form of the goddess pot of once again adorned in this orange and red regal garment embroidered with gold flower patterns. And you just see the kind of traditional jewel embedded into her forehead with a very elegant regal kind of crown made of flowers and fabric and as she looks into each of your eyes you notice that the grandmotherly emerald green eyes that misses you have now turned into a golden yellow as she looks at all three of you and says I solemnly swear as this protector that I will protect you and all of those you value important. You three have been an example and have showed me that there are still good in this city. And I will do what I can to help you and to make sure you are safe, not just physically, but I'm here to make sure that your minds 
and your hearts are also taken care of as well, as much and as long as you need it. And she just, one after the other, she comes in close and she each kisses you on the forehead and each of you are just filled with this overwhelming warmth and inner peace as you feel all of this kind of course through your body. Whatever issues that you had, whatever things that you were struggling with earlier in the day seem to have completely subsided for now. You three realize that while those things are going to be there and those fights never truly go away without hard work, in this moment, the three of you find comfort in knowing that everything that you've been through the last couple of days, all the craziness, all the horrible things that you've seen, all the uncertainty that you've came across with this case and everything that came after with it, at least for now, you three realize that, be that as it may, no matter what comes your way, the three of you understand that by working together and by having each other's back, as well as relying on those you hold dear, there is nothing that the three of you can overcome, and there's no case that was unsolvable for you three to solve. And I think on that lovely note, I think that is where we're going to end our session for today. I'm not crying, you're crying. Oh no, I'm already starting. Apologies to you guys, apologies to the listeners, but oh man, this is, as a game master, we all have different things that we love when it comes to our games, and the smaller moments are one of my favorites. Yep. I'm someone who rarely shows emotion, so when I cry, it's actually happening for me, so... But yeah, really quickly... When we come back for the next recording, we're just going to continue on from the aftermath of this potluck, and then we're going to see what comes next for our investigators. So for all of the listeners that stuck with us, thank you so much for tuning in to a very nice palate cleanser, so to speak, <laughs> of yes. Knights of Pain Town. And as always, especially after tonight, from the bottom of my heart, remember, take care of each other, love one another, and until the next episode, let the good times roll. We'll see you later. 